0: Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. And God is good. And all the time, and how many know we don't say that just to get you to say something. This is a deep theological statement that we want to resonate in your hearts. The nature of God is good. And he's good all the time. He doesn't change. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be in the house. Uh, Look at full house. Praise the Lord. And can you welcome everyone online, online. I'm not sure which camera. Online. We welcome you too. And we are glad that you are worshiping with us as well. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word this morning. And we'll be going to... Two passages of scripture, first Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and then we will turn to Psalm 90 verse 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, then Psalm 90 verse 12, continuing the legacy series, someone say leave a message. Leave a message. Remember the old, yeah, well, do you remember the old answering machines? <laughs> or are you just a bunch of kids? How many remember the rotary phone before there was even an answer? Come on, somebody. How many remember when you get to the second to last number and you mess up? You know what I'm talking about? You have to start all over. (laughs) It's like you were a a bank robber every time we're doing a code, you know, don't want to mess up. Um, But God wants you to leave a message with your life. And that's what we're talking about here, legacy. And today's message will focus on a godly legacy requires making the most of your time. Someone say my time. my time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. There is a what? There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to what? Get down. (laughs) It's my version. It's from La Puente. It's from where I grew up. (laughs) Verse 5 is actually, to me, to me verse 5 is one of the most insightful texts. The psalmist writes, teach us to what? Number our days. Why? So that we may gain a heart of? Heavenly Father, we come to you thankful for the fellowship of the saints, the power of community. Lord, the ministry of your Holy Spirit and the efficaciousness, the the benefit of your word. And Lord, I pray that we we would be caused by you to rise above the status quo. As everyone else, Lord, runs around scurrying like mice looking for a bit of bread here or a bit of cheese there, then, Lord, you would elevate us to have an eternal perspective. Lord, so often we neglect to pray for wisdom. God, how we need wisdom. Give us wisdom. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated today. (laughs) Legacy, legacy, making the most of your time, making the most of your time in an environment and in a culture that does nothing but run, run, run. God wants us to slow down. I want to remind you that the clock of Scripture is not a fast food franchise. It's not a microwave time clock. The clock of Scripture was the clock of a farmer, the clock of agriculture. It was understanding that you have to do a lot of work now in order to have a chance to reap a blessing later. Instead of immediate gratification, farmers can't run by immediate gratification. They have to trust that the source of their seed is a good source, and they have to then plow the ground and get rid of the impediments uh, to the soil. They have to prepare it. They have to do the work of sowing, and then covering, and then watering, and waiting, and praying for rain, and tending, and as uh, sprouts begin to rise, they have to protect it from the elements. They have to protect it from other creatures that want to come and steal, but one thing they must do, along with work, is wait. They have to wait, and they have to trust. In our society today, we run around doing all kinds of things, but probably feeling like we don't accomplish much. Wondering in all of our busyness, in all of our in all of our scurrying, in all of our. Um, stress and then at the end of the day a long day maybe a 12 hour day 13 hour day 14 hour day wondering if we did the most meaningful things god wants us to value our time my challenge to you is to make the most of every day cuz every day is an op- is a gift and an opportunity see God doesn't promise you another day. He doesn't. That's why the psalmist says, number your days. Make every day count. Understand the, you can lose a ton of money and make it back up again. You can blow it at a job and another door opens. But once today's gone, you ain't getting it back. So, Lord, give us Wisdom. Some are so worried and thinking about tomorrow that they neglect the day—the only day they have. We worry about days we haven't been given yet and neglect the day we've been given, the time we've been given. I want you now, whether you're 88 or 18, I want you to understand every day is a gift, a gift, not your right. It's a gift. Sometimes I counsel people that are so angry that someone died, thinking God owed them more. God doesn't owe us more time. Each day is a gift and an opportunity to do something significant, not just to go through another day, not just to make another dollar, but to do something that's eternal, that's everlasting. Someone say legacy. That's why we're talking about it. We're trying to help buoy you up above the waves of stress and the boss and the soccer and all the things that can try to submerge our vision and to ask the right questions. Is what I'm doing worth doing? Am I focused on the wrong focuses? Am I gathering the wrong treasures? Because I only have one life. We don't believe in reincarnation. We ain't coming back. One life to live. Was that a soap opera? (laughs) All the oaks are laughing. No, just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Calm down. Okay. You know, um, I love the scripture. Do you love the Bible? (laughs) Okay. You know one reason why I love the Bible? Because it keeps it real like we do here at Thrive. The Bible is not a propaganda tool. If you were going to write a propaganda tool, all the villains would be really villainous, and all the heroes would be perfect. But this is not a propaganda tool. This is real life. I love that because I really want you to get this. The Bible is real, and it's practical. It's real in that our heroes in Scripture fall. David committed the worst of sins if you were to rape them, adultery, then murder. Yet he accomplished a lot for the Lord. Moses failed so bad he couldn't get into the promised land. Yet Abraham lying about things. Even Paul, if you study the life of Paul, he was like a lot of us, kind of a mess. Kind of a mess. In fact, he admits it. He says, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I do. Anyone ever relate? Yeah. I didn't want to say that, but I kind of did. So I said, I, didn't, I shouldn't have said it. The Bible keeps it real. But, but I want you to also really get this. The Bible is very practical. The Bible does not illustrate some utopian fantasy that only perfect spiritual people, like those that believe in maybe uh, enlightenment and, and, and Buddhism, that if you meditate long enough and you, you, you deny yourself enough, you'll reach nirvana. That's not the scriptures. When the scriptures say things like, turn the other cheek, he is talking to you. He's not talking to Pastor Eric just because I got a reverend in front of my name. He's talking to like everybody, like every one of us, not only should turn the other cheek if we were spiritual enough, but we can turn the other cheek because of who lives in us. When he says, you need to forgive 70 times seven, which basically means just forgive, it isn't for the best Christians or the most spiritual Christians, it's for you and me. Are you following me? Because some people, what they'll take is their own life philosophy and they'll try to mix it in with scripture. Things like, like uh, having sex before marriage, that's a sin. Well, any sex outside of marriage is a sin. And not just for the super Christians. And it isn't like we're developed enough to think, well, that's for some, not for others. God understands. Yeah, He understands. You're sinning. It's just, he, understand, he ain't confused at all. He's not the one confused. So, so it, but it isn't like only super Christians can stay faithful. No, it's, it's not, not, not like it's not easy to mess up in a thousand ways. It's, it's super easy. Can I get a witness? Well, you're quick to agree with me. Yes, it is. Yes. We're all coming to the altar today. No, it is. It's like super easy to do the wrong thing, but it doesn't mean that we have to do the wrong thing. See, what salvation means is a new life and a new, a new life from God in us that enlivens us. Good. We're born again, yeah. Yeah. right? So these truths of Scripture is meant to be the way that we live. And this is why, see, this is, are you okay? Yeah. All right, this is why. Some people don't like the expectations of Scripture. They fight against it whatever it is, it could be whatever it is. But what we fail to recognize is that the creator knows best how the creation should go about living. It's like the designer knows knows how it's best we operate. It's really better that you forgive every time. It's really better for you. It's better for his creation. It may not make a bit of difference for the person that hurt you, but it's better for you that you forgive. Are you following me? It's better that you do not have sex before marriage. It's better that you get married and then go for it. Hey, kids' church is over there. I didn't tell you to bring your kids in here. And the Lord said, be fruitful and multiply. It's biblical. I got an amen over there. I got an amen. (laughs) So, but he knows that like that, that precious relationship is protected and is honored in the confines. Yes, the confines of marriage. He knows how we work best. So instead of like fighting him, we need to get with the program, right? What I love about it is that, is that the, the, the scriptures we read and the, Sermons that we preach are not for, you know, some spiritual elite. Everyone can thrive. Everyone can thrive. So I want to talk to you today about just a few principles I think are crucial for us making the most of our time. Number one is time is made up of seasons. Someone say seasons. seasons. And each one of them is important. You're not who you were and you're not who you're gonna be. We had four children, I love my kids. And, each, and, and we have had a journey, right babe? Right. right. Yeah. I'm 49, Lori's still 25. I got a lot of miles on me, how come you're looking so good? You're pretty good, you're pretty good. I remember when Canaan was born, my oldest, was a boy, Canaan, he was born. Brought him home and we were gonna be super parents. That boy, did he get in the room at all, in our bedroom at all? He did not get into our room at all, he had his own room when he was barely born. Every time he cried, Lori would, I mean, we would walk over there, check on him, because we, we did not want him in our room, we wanted him to get used to his room. And we did a good job with that, high five, high five. Then Eden came, baby number two. We were a little older. So she ended up in our room in a bassinet. I'm not gonna say that out loud. In our room in a bassinet for about two or three weeks. And then she got in her bed, in her crib, in her room. High five, high five. Babe, I'm, I'm talking here. Don't talk to her. Babe. I'm gonna give her the look. Okay. How many years passed before we had Belen? Six and a half, and a half years later, we're much older. We have, we have baby number three. Seasons, baby number three. She's in our room, she's in our bed. She's in our bed for like two or three months. Two or three weeks in the bed. And you know why? None of us wanted to get up out of bed. We're getting old. At this point, it has nothing to do with what's best for her, the baby. It's about what's best for us. And then we had Levi. And I sleep on the couch. He lays in my bed like he owns a place. I'm like, get your own house. Seasons. Someone say seasons. How I many you feeling me a little bit, right? You're like, you're like, I'm gonna go play basketball. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not gonna go play basketball. I was telling someone the other day, I hurt myself getting out of the recliner. (laughs) Seasons. That's bad when you hurt yourself from relaxing. I was taking a break from relaxing and I hurt myself. (laughs) We need to honor each and every season because time will pass. Now, my oldest son is not just finished college and finished grad school, but he's married. My, my daughter, wait, I'm not done. My daughter Eden finished college and now she's in grad school. My, friend, my daughter Belen is in high school. I almost forgot. Because <laughs> I'm getting old. And my son still doesn't remember to put his chonies in the hamper. But it's okay. It's okay. Seasons. Seasons. I love it. Let me tell you, time is going to pass. Someone say "It'll it'll pass. It'll pass. The hard seasons, they pass too. The hurt, the times of hurt, they'll pass. When you are most afflicted, it'll pass. I want you to understand seasons because the good seasons, they change. And I love my kids and I love seeing them get older. It's it's good too. They don't have to stay little and they do have to move out. It's good in its own way, but it changes. The good times, the good times change, they pass. Turn into different kinds of seasons. And, and bad seasons change too. Let me, tell, let me fire a warning shot over any troubled heart. You might be feeling really down. You might be feeling really discouraged. You might be feeling like you owe it to yourself to just do what you want. Because it doesn't seem like anyone cares, paying attention, helping even God. You might not even feel like God is paying attention, helping you, or caring. So you might be on the verge of just doing whatever you feel like because you're gonna just make yourself feel better. And some of the worst decisions we ever make are when we lose sight of the fact, this shall pass. This shall pass. Hang in there if you're hurting. God hears you, he knows, and he is there. If he's quiet, it's on purpose. It's because he knows you can do this, that you have enough faith and resiliency to wait on him. And trust me, he will come through. Don't blow it just in front of the finish line. You don't want to feel worse when he turns the lights back on and you're a wreck because you took matters in your own hands because you felt it was too dark too long. He's got to turn the lights back on. Wait on Him. Understand the seasons. The second thing is that we need to make every day. Someone say every day. day. Make every day count. Psalm 90 verse 12. Read it with me. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom when i was in bible college i read a book by john maxwell it was a leadership book and i remember reading something he's in the sports and he compared life to like a football game and uh is pretty cool he said when you're in your 20s when you're in your 20s it's like warm-ups before the game you're just learning you're just you're figuring things out you're learning you're growing when you're in your 30s it's the first quarter When you get into the 40s, you're in the second quarter. And then he said, when you get to age 50, he recommended that everyone take like a month off, if possible, to get away and think about all the things they had learned and done in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s. Because like a good football coach at halftime, you can make adjustments and score more points in the second half than in the first half. I'm preaching it. You can score more points. Someone say, preach it, pre-. I'm trying. Someone so, you, you, from age 50 to 75, 80, you can score more points than you did zero to 50 yeah. just by learning, yeah. taking every opportunity. Now I never thought I'd ever see halftime. <laughs> I'm on the one yard line of halftime. I got like 10 seconds on the clock. I'm 49. Someone once said there's nothing finer than a 49er. Thanks, babe. They were talking about the football team, but you agree? Do you agree? Okay. All right. Make every day. Someone say every day. day. Like even today. Like tonight. Like Monday. Make it count. Learn from your past victories and failures. Learn from the weaknesses and strengths so that every day can be meaningful and powerful. I'm gonna end with this, number three, is that we need to protect our legacy. All of this work, all of this consideration, all of this effort, all of this meditation, we need to protect. Our legacy. Someone say, protect it. protect it. See, Ecclesiastes. I've shared this with some of you. Ecclesiastes chapter five is, to me, it, it at, at first. It, it, well, let me just tell you what it says. It says, "There's a time to what scatter stones and a time to what." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" And so I did some research and work, and boy, it was so cool because what most what most biblical commentaries will tell you is that. This is referring to someone preparing a field. Again, this is an agricultural culture. So this scattering is when you'd go and you'd buy a field and you've got to prepare it, right? You've got to prepare it. So you've got to, you've got to get rid of, rid of the stones. I remember working on my uh, in-law's property up in uh, Brown Valley. They bought a, a house out there and we're out there getting ready for... Uh, grass, and it was, they built a brand new home in this country, and we're taking rocks out, rocks out, and we'd get to a rock, and it looked little to you, went down and deeper, and it was, I was like, can you please hire somebody to do this? (laughs) Biscuits and gravy ain't gonna cut it, this is is too big. But we'd get the rocks out, there's, 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 there's work that needs to be done in order then to level out the, the area, ultimately to sow. See, there's three things we got to do. We got to take the stones out, the impediments, and we got to take out the things that are obstacles to the Lord working. We got to apply ourselves. Someone say apply. Got to apply yourself. Like God doesn't just zap you. Like you got to pray. You got to read your Bible. You got to get in a small group. You got to take time to meditate on God's word. You got to take sermons and teachings and ask yourself, how do I apply it? You gotta, you gotta put yourself into this. You gotta take out the stones, roots of bitterness. Where, What keeps you down? When you hear the message that you're the apple of God's eye, when you hear the message that Christ died for you, that's how loved you are, but yet you don't feel lovely. What's the root cause? What's the rock in the way of the blessing? What's the rock in the way of the transformation? Because You are the apple of God's eye, but why don't you believe it? It, It's not that you doubt God, there's something in you you doubt. You gotta get the rocks out in order for there to be a chance that your whole life would be productive. Are you following me? Because there's some rocks you might get out quick and then there's seed, good seed and water happens and it grows, but then parts of you, parts of you, parts of your marriage, Parts of your mindset, parts of your work ethic, there's rocks there that get in the way of becoming all that God wants you to be. You gotta let the Holy Spirit work there. You can't have, you know, parts of your garden that you say, no, I'll let the enemy have that. Or I'm gonna keep it. See, so we gotta get the rocks out. Then the second step, you've gotta smooth out that soil. You gotta smooth it out. You, got, you, you, gotta, you gotta level it out. That's godly relationships. Small groups, thrive, that, that's, that's where that happens, that sharpening, that, that getting the rough edges out. Sometimes we need someone to come tell us that we're talking too much or we're criticizing too much or, or that we don't have, you know, we, we're not, we should be more joyful than we are. We might be negative. You need someone to come tell you, hey, why are you like that? Yeah. You ever heard of a joy sucker? Some of y'all have the gift, no, just kidding. Some people have the gift, they suck the joy right out of the room. And some of them might need to hear that. Like, hey, you know what? Like, Christ is risen, you know? Like, he's alive, man. And like, get over yourself. So we, need, we need some smoothing out the water of the word. Are you with me? The water of the word. We need, we need that to be done. You gotta plant the, the seeds of prayer. Like tonight at Devos night, so that the right things—someone say the right things—so right. the right things can grow. I'm going to end right here. So we take rocks out. This is what I, why I love this text. Time to get, time to scatter them, get them out of the way, and then it's time to go gather them. You know, you know what God wants to do? He wants you to take all those things He's delivered you from, and they become a wall to protect what god is building what, what god is growing because you can't just plant stuff and then let the deer come and eat it you can't let the critters just come and get it you got to build a wall that's what the farmer would do they'd scatter the stones go pile them up level it out plant it then they take those rocks and build a wall so that the neighbor didn't come get the, what you worked hard to grow the critters wouldn't come get it are you with me that's what this text is all about so when you take the, The stones that God has delivered you from, you can build a wall with it. Take your past failures and build humility. Take your past fits of anger and build gentleness. Look in the mirror and take those stones of the past hurts that others did to you take them and build in kindness and patience for others one of the things when i was 17 having open heart surgery at 17 hurting thinking i was going to die almost dying knowing i could die Going through such an invasive surgery, having them crack open my sternum and the, the recovery from that, losing 30 pounds when I didn't have a lot to lose back then. <laughs> you know what it did to me? You know what it did for me? Even when, I, in, when my chest hurt and, and I couldn't walk halfway around the block without stopping, and when I pray, I wouldn't hear anything. You know what it did getting through that dark time? It made me way more compassionate for other people and way more confident that God is indeed there. That's what it does. So I want you to stand to your feet. Can you stand to your feet? We have an important announcement we're gonna make right after this, but can we just respond to God's Word in worship? Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.